Chapters 11 to 20 of Krylov's Fables by Ivan Andreevich Krylov, selected and translated by C. Fillingham Coxwell, M.D. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 11 The Elephant as Governor. A ruler should be wise. With hoodwinked eyes, he scarce will notice wrongs or judgment exercise. An elephant was called to government's emprise. Now all his tribe are patient, trusty, and sagacious, and yet in every race comes freaks vexatious. This monarch gracious, of simple mind, oft foolish was, though kind, even to hurt a fly, for him were painful, being of duties ne'er disdainful. The potentate receives from timid sheep his prayer, the wolves no more the skins from off our backs should tear oh thieves he bellows forth what hideous transgression to rob and keep in your possession our father say the wolves we humbly would explain do we not understand that for the winter season we were to tax the sheep and comforts thus obtain therefore if they lament tis surely without reason we ask a little, but from each a single pelt. Yet they have murmured, angry felt. Justice, replies the ruler, is a jewel. I cannot suffer you in aught to do a wrong. More than a skin from each were cruel. One only may to you belong. Chapter 12 The Man and His Shadow A certain joker wished his shadow to embrace. He darted out, it flew. He added to his pace, it yet advanced, so he began to race. The shadow quicker sped, however fast he scurried, as if a ghost escaped attack. Then my original went swiftly back. He looked around, already after him it hurried. Ladies, I many times have heard, What? No, tis not of you, the thought's absurd, That fortune often thus to treat mankind is stirred, Here's one who wastes his time and labor, trying with all his might her favors to obtain. Another uses her, as if he were insane. To him she's truer than is any loving neighbor. CHAPTER Thirteen, THE EAGLE AND THE BEE Seeing a little bee at work among the flowers, an eagle ceased his flight, contemptuously to mutter, Poor thing! You sadly waste your powers, that skilled and wise so tirelessly can flutter thousands in summer like you in a common home, model with care the honeycomb, but who allots to each her merit? The taste is strange that you inherit to labor throughout life, and have but what in view, to die obscure, with all who trifling ends pursue, weak might you little me resemble when on a wondrous course i feel my pinions tremble lone or where mates neath clouds assemble i everywhere awaken fear i and the terror reaches even feathered creatures two shepherds must be wakeful if flocks i'm near such time the fleetest hinds on plains will not appear catching a glimpse of me where troubled features the bee replies 
to thee high honor now and praise zeus lavishes on thee his gifts with hand unsparing but knowledge that my toil helps others me repays what is renown to one for it uncaring i feel a certain pleasure when the comb preparing for in it many a drop of my own honey stays chapter fourteen the liar home coming from a far-off land a count perhaps a prince of bearing rather grand with an especial friend along a road was walking vaunted his travels in a voice serene with idle tales embellished objects he had seen said other folk had seldom been to spots of which he now was talking a wretched hole is this sometimes a bitter north wind's blowing the sun's invisible or like a furnace glowing but there one's lot is bliss the recollection brings me pleasure you wear no furs the time scarce measure mark not the seasons nor the shades of night but all the year enjoy entrancing summer light tis needless there the seed to scatter nay if a crop ne'er ripens little does it matter for instance once in rome a cucumber i saw o nature's law thou art of much the source and fountain you scarcely will believe twas like a mountain how great a rarity the friend amused replies and adds o'er earth are wide distributed these wonders but not to seek them out were haply wise indeed we now approach a vast sensation and seldom tis that one on such a marvel blunders in any place or nation spanning the river here a bridge of curious class exists upon our road and o'er it we shall pass tis of peculiar action on every liar who responds to its attraction for ere he get halfway across he disappears and friends bewail his loss but never gloss unwelcome truths and you can step it boldly now tell me is the water deep the banks are steep look who could view the prospect of immersion coldly your cucumber at rome was tall i do not doubt large as you say a mountain or a hill about let's say a house in order not the truth to flout hard to receive it not easy to believe it ah yes this bridge is strange to thrash the topic out it bears unwillingly vain story-tellers why only in the recent spring it slew mysteriously some writers or news-sellers that to it long were seen to cling a house-sized cucumber must be the oddest thing prodigious weird if not exaggerated perhaps i have not well related but you shall hear the facts anew not of a size extreme is every dwelling nor all excelling it may be great enough for two with ease and comfort true but surely as should be repeated your cucumber was monstrous if it grew till folk within it could be seated our bridge is well of such a kind that liars taking on it seven steps it finds alarming very you say the cucumber was higher one moment friend 
here interrupts the liar. Sooner than use the bridge, I'll seek the nearest ferry. Chapter 15 The Pond and the River Why is it, to a river, said a neighboring pond, forgive me, pray, for prying, you are of exercise so fond, oh, sister, can it be you of fatigue are dying? Looking afar, I always see on you deep-laden vessels come in view, you patiently great rafts will carry. I speak not of the countless little boats and barks, or think of such. And why do you yourself thus harry? Strain would have left on me its marks. In truth, my lot compared with yours is mild and pleasant. Of course I am not present upon a map. You occupy a page complete. No songs or mighty odes their praise of me repeat. But that is scarce a matter vital. To balance it, I vaunt my soft and reedy banks, as maids for gentleness give thanks. To quiet rapture I've a title. Not only as to ships and pleasure trips have I in no respect to worry. I cannot even guess the weight of any raft. Myself I need not flurry if on me falls a leaf, that frail and tiny craft, when a light gale upspringing toward me one shall waft. Could anything repay for loss of days so careless? Never by winds or breezes stirred. I gaze on worldly vanities and trifles airless, indulge in dreamy talk unheard. You reason simply by this great law undeterred. Began in turn the river. To water, speed, alone of freshness is the giver. If I have now become a rushing, wondrous stream, it is in order that, forsaking calm supreme, I shall that edict follow. Moreover, every year, with copious water clear, I am a blessing, I win honors far from hollow, and shall continue yet for ages long to run, when you are already, yes, but slight existence showing, shall be forgotten, known by none. Her words prove true, for up to now she's flowing, while the poor pond, year after year, all wild, deeply o'ercast with gloom and shadows darkest, in misery the starkest, grows stagnant and defiled. Art, skill, and talent surely from the world will vanish, weakening every day, if sloth exert its sway. Neglect and idleness must all successes banish. Chapter 16 The Merchant Ivan, come hither, boy, why have you disappeared? Be quick and give me joy. Here's news that will astonish. If you but copy me, I'll praise and not admonish. A merchant summoned thus his nephew to attend. You know the Polish cloth, that roll, the end, we've had a while in stock. A secret I'll confide. T'was damp and rotten, small in value, growing old. That more than doubtful piece, as English goods, I've sold. Tis true, within an hour, I've taken for it fifty, and a fool's want supplied. Uncle, indeed you have, the nephew dryly cried, someone has foolish been. 
tis not to be denied but look that note is false your customer was thrifty so he was cheated that would cheat nor is it strange for view man's earthly range nothing unglanced at leaving you'll find that everyone is crafty politic and somehow for his own advantage quick one will his neighbor slyly trick another's apt at bold deceiving chapter seventeen the nightingales when spring smiled down the vales a man beneath an oak entrapped some nightingales which being put in cages soon began to quaver poor things at liberty their efforts had been braver although a song in prison lacks the wanted ring what else shall we do here but sing thus ask the captives weary among them all a little wretched bird most feels the torment dreary for with his mate he can exchange no word it tastes of death so far from heaven's light oh i would know again the ecstasy of flight lamenting night and day he suddenly exclaims sorrow be gone away only a fool bewails misfortune the wise should fate importune by action cure their cruel wrongs twere well to carol forth some pretty songs what seeks this man to view our feathers glisten it may be to a few of my best notes he'd listen if only i by chance could please him with my voice tis like enough he'd soften bid me new rejoice who knows he might indeed from prison bars deliver so reasoning the bird begins to trill always at rosy eve becomes a joyous giver at sunrise his small form appears with bliss to quiver what follows from his dainty skill far from deliverance he gets no tiny guerdon birds which sang feebly long ago were set at liberty and rescued from their woe escaped captivity's dread burden but for my sweetest songster frail that never seems to tire or fail no tender effort can avail chapter eighteen demyon's fish soup i beg you be so kind just favor me and taste it neighbor i pray you do not press me change your mind another spoonful do not waste it this fish soup is the thing tis luscious capital i've swallowed now three portions what of that no matter come now no foolish chatter think of your health and eat it all this soup indeed with many a ball as if fine amber beads had hither chanced to fall quick eat it oh my comrade dearest here's brim with giblets nice here's sturgeon where it's clearest another little morsel wife upon him call warm-hearted friend demyon thus urges phoca keenly allows him never respite smiles serenely sweat starts on phoca's face to gather as might rain nevertheless he lets himself be helped again making an effort though a drear one finishes all ah you're the sort i love remarks demyan you're not an appetite above another little plateful come then oh my dear one but phoca hot and red though liking fish soup much had grown a prey to dread and fur cap grasping painfully gasping uprose without delay and fled and since to friend demyan no word has said author 
however blessed because true gifts possessing if you are prone to wander many times digressing and grow by prolix ways distressing know that your glorious prose or transcendental verse becomes a blight and is than too much fish soup worse chapter nineteen the cock and the pearl a cock that on a heap was scratching said when he found amongst rubbish a fine pearl what's this and with contemptuous twirl passed it as not worth snatching oh madly they behave who value baubles high i would less eagerly for such a plaything sigh than for a grain of wheat which calls for action hasty is tasty the ignorant have soon enough of what is past their kin pronounced it wretched stuff chapter twenty the cornflower a cornflower solitary grew throve but a sudden pining pitifully faded scarce raised its head less bright of hue shrank as by thoughts of death invaded then to the gentle zephyr whispered soft and low if only day itself would quickly show if but once more the sun should deign to prove his glory i might perhaps revive to tell a grateful story you strange and simple soul nearby a beetle grumbled from a hole think you the mighty sun has any thought concerning your humble look and health and growth cares if to blossom you are loath believe me that he lacks both time and taste for learning things vain as this if only you by flight attained a higher bliss you'd see that here the meadows fields and tillage are as close bound to him as unto gods a village for radiant ever by his heat he helps the poplars oaks and cedars yews and beeches so blossoms wondrous forms and colors sweet reveal a puissance that to exquisiteness reaches know even that he dowers matchless and gorgeous flowers with undreamed witcheries their traits and powers are such that time with scythe regretful strikes them unblessed with fragrance small of size you should not dare attract the sun's majestic eyes on forms like yours he never looks perhaps dislikes them cease to aspire forthwith control thy vapid will whither be still but the sun rose and shone and nature knew delighted throughout the land of plants distributed his beams and the poor flower that wilted in the hour of dreams with gratitude the boon requited o oh, you to whom fate gives with pride of race a lofty place my son before you his example now advances cast glances unto whatever spot his light can reach he's there to give to cedar eye and grass in equal share a radiance uncompelled a happiness caressing as in an eastern crystal a spark burns so in the heart of each that sunward turns are left an image and a blessing end of chapters eleven to twenty